Welcome into another edition of Locked On Nationals. I'm your host, Ryan Clary. You can follow me on Twitter at RyanClary11, as well as the Nationals Twitter, LO underscore Nationals on Twitter. Today's show, I'm going to be getting into a season breakdown of young star shortstop CJ Abrams, who we have traded or we have acquired from the Padres in a deal with Juan Soto in the middle of the year. And also, I'm going to tell you why it's time to extend C.J. Abrams right after this. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And so for people who really aren't minor league prospect heads like I am myself and who really pays attention to the farm systems as to that's where you see the stars at a young age. That's where you see them really develop and kind of take those characteristics that made them special and they turn them to even greater strength and that lead them down a different path maybe become something different than what we thought they were. So C.J. Abrams, he was a, the sixth overall pick in the 2019 draft at a high school for the San Diego Padres. And this was someone that when they drafted him, they expected him to play a big role in this organization, kind of tag along in the middle of the infield with Fernando Tatis Jr. And honestly, I think if you look at it from – top of the surface, C.J. Abrams is as good as a shortstop as Fernando Tatis in the field. Tatis makes all the sexy plays, but I think truly the more natural shortstop between the two probably would have been C.J. Abrams when it's all said and done. Obviously, they weren't going to take away that position from Tatis, but when you look at it from just as someone who's, I'm not a scout or anything, but I pay attention, and C.J. Abrams is kind of a more natural body fit, 6'2", 190, He's someone that he's flexible in a sense to where he can make all the athletic plays, as can Tatis. This is not a knock on Tatis. This is more so an endorsement of Abrams and what he can do in the field compared to what Tatis. Tatis makes amazing plays. No one's saying that he doesn't. But I think Abrams was a more natural fit at shortstop between the two. And then you really have Manny Machado, who could also play shortstop as well. So they really have three shortstops. That would have taken up second base, shortstop, and third base. Now, that's no guarantees that C.J. Abrams would have been a starter this year when he opened up on the Padres roster because Tatis was hurt. Tatis was hurt for the first few months, and we all know he eventually got suspended for the rest of the year right after the trade deadline for testing positive for some sort of steroid. And, hey, that's what happens, man. You get popped for steroids, you have to pay the price. It is what it is. But that's not here what I'm talking about today. That's not what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is C.J. Abrams and the development that he has going forward, and most specifically, this 2022 season and what we saw from him for your Washington Nationals. C.J. Abrams entering this year on the opening day roster, on the opening day lineup card. He was there. Tatis wasn't. Tatis was hurt. He had some off-season issues that he had to deal with. C.J. Abrams stepped in and filled that void immediately. 
And in doing that, he did a perfectly fine job in my mind. This is someone who had a lot of pressure. Top 10 pick in the 2019 drafts out of high school. Coming into a team that's ready to win right now. That's what they're built to do. They're ready to build and win a World Series in 2022. That's what these moves have been all about right now. They're ready to win this year. So C.J. Abrams had a lot of pressure on his hands. This isn't coming into a team in the beginning of this season to where you're going to be losing 80 to 90 games. You don't really have a shot in the postseason. This is a team that needs you to sprint with them. He couldn't walk before he could run. They told him to run. Run right away. There is no slow getting ready and getting having a slow start, holding the team back at a very important position. There was none of that for C.J. Abrams. Immediately, get out there. You're the shortstop right now, and you got to keep this team afloat and be the captain of that defense when you have Joe Musgrove on the mound or whoever it may be, Mackenzie Gore even at the beginning of the year. You're the captain of that team at shortstop. Make it work, man. And you know what? C.J. Abrams, he didn't do that bad for what he was given. Really. If you look at his numbers in San Diego, he wasn't lighting it up. But he certainly wasn't stinking it up either. It's a lot of pressure on the kid. And you got to think about it this way. How many games has he played over the last few years? 2020 season. His first full season as a minor leaguer was cut short because of the pandemic. He had no time to prepare. This is someone, as we sit here today, has still only played 115 games in the minor leagues. It's not even good for a full season yet. And he's been, he was drafted in 2019. Had half of the 2019 season play some games down in the rookie league. 2020, taken away. You're down at the spring training facility, wherever that is in Arizona. 2021, boom, hit the ground running. You're now in the minor leagues. And guess what? You're going to be on the opening day lineup for your San Diego Padres. And oh my gosh, they just. All right, kid, you ready? You just got drafted. You're young. Get out there. (laughs) You're the opening day shortstop. They put a lot on this kid. Really? I mean, just look at it. No one's lying to you. They told this kid to replace Fernando Tatis Jr., one of the MVP candidates heading into this year. Last year as well. One of the brightest stars in this game. He had to walk in and replace and get ready to win this year right now in only a limited action in the developing after high school. If you're listening, you probably played high school baseball as well, as I did. Now you tell me the difference between high school pitching. I don't care where you played. I don't care where you're from. High school pitching is different compared to when you enter even a rookie level of the minor leagues. Low A, single, whatever it may be, it's different. It's not even close to the same. Not even close, and I don't care what division you're playing in. So out of high school, he's getting ready to go in the pros already. I mean, just two years removed after hitting high school pitchers, or really three years, I guess, at this point. He was hitting majors in only 112 games. That's insane. 
Only 114 games were actually, sorry, 114 games. Between high school ball, where you have a kid throwing 75 mile per hour fastballs down the middle, compared to when you're facing Fromber Valdez, who's throwing high 90s with the nasty splitter, or whoever the pitcher may be. That's what he's dealing with right now. And then on top of that, you're replacing one of the game's brightest shortstops. Like I said earlier, this is just something that to where you don't really think about, but how much pressure do you think was on this young 21-year-old's mind heading into this season, knowing that he's going to have to step up in a time where he didn't really think that he was going to need to step up? He kind of worked his way through the minors. He had success really all levels. He was great. The teammates love him. He was hitting well, getting on base, stealing bags, making plays at shortstop. But he wasn't expecting to do this in the majors at this early. This is someone who's been rushed through. And it's unfortunate because no one, no one really thinks about that. And they would rather just look at the numbers and the box scores of what he did for this year. Because if you just look at the numbers, then you'd think about it and be like, eh, he was fine. Not great. Nothing special. But think about it. This is a kid that jumped to the majors in kind of an unfair way to where he missed a full year of development in the minors, collaborating with his buddies, getting better, getting coached up. No one can tell me that this, whatever he was during the COVID year was the same as a full season in the minors, developing, growing, learning from mistakes. It's not the same. You can say what you want, but it's not the same. And it will never be the same. And so my whole point with this is that look beyond the box score into what this kid had to endure with this national team. Because I can tell you, once he got his feet wet in the majors, he really started to make a splash. And you're starting to see why this kid was a top 10 pick and who was thought on to be a top 15 MLB prospect when he made the jump to the majors. He's no joke, guys. This is a real deal MLB prospect who could be a star or a superstar someday. And so here, I'll have all these stats up for you because I am a numbers nerd and I like to look at it. But it still doesn't really make me feel satisfied because when I look at these numbers, I'm like, uh, he was better than this. And he had situations to where that was just out of his control. Kind of like everyone else's with the COVID year. You have to look past that because, you know, it just wasn't fair and it's fine. But before we get into numbers, I want to share with you guys why betonline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. And also, just a little heads up, I want to kind of show you guys what I do with BetOnline. Thursday night football is coming up. I just... Google betonline.net, see what their experts are picking, and I just tell them every time. Free money. Not literally free money, but they win a lot 
and the numbers are there and they'll show you everything that they tell you is legit and I listen to them. It's like my sports betting Bible. So let's get into the numbers for CJ Abrams, who again was impressive this year in my mind. After all the reasons that I stated why he was impressive without stating the numbers, all the things he had to go through, all the expectations that he had placed on him. Because when, if you start off the year with the 2022 Nationals, then it's a little different than jumping on with the Padres. And the reason why that's different is because that team was ready to win this year. That's built to win right now. And as a 21-year-old, you're getting thrown into it. And, you know, you weren't really expecting this. You weren't really expecting to be on the 2022 opening day lineup. And pardon me if I'm wrong, maybe you think he was. But I think it's pretty simple. Why would they have him? They didn't really need him at this point. You know, they have guys. And so let's look at the numbers here. He started off with the Padres this year, just looking at the box score or the season stats. In 46 games, he had a 232 batting average with 285 on-base percentage. Slugging percentage was at a 320 and finished with a 605 OPS. Now, that's not anything special. As we know, that's not good. It's not good at all. He was not taking any walks, only took four walks in 46 games compared to 27 strikeouts, which isn't that many strikeouts, by the way. For the record, 27 strikeouts in 46 games for a 21-year-old is not bad at all. In fact, I'll take that. You know, it's not amazing. It's not like it's this is something that really sticks out to me. But when you're a 21-year-old, and for all the reasons why I listed, why you probably shouldn't have started in the majors to begin with this year, that's pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. You know, the walks are a problem. He's going to have to have better pitch recognition moving forward. And that's something that I know that he knows. And, you know, it's no secret. It's no secret to him. It's no secret to the Nationals as to why. But I think it's going to be something that he will improve on. And it's probably going to be a focal point for this offseason is pitch recognition. And it's easy to say that because we were spoiled with Juan Soto and the eye that he had. I mean, no one else touches him. No one. Juan Soto is the best eye in baseball, in my mind, and one of the best eyes that I've ever seen. And he had that immediately from day one when he was called up to the majors. He had that, and that was just one of the things that made him great. So I don't expect that for C.J. Abrams at this point. Not everyone's going to be Juan Soto, and you're just going to get in the majors as a teenager and dominate. That's not what this is. And as you can see, only four walks is not good. Now, is that, you know, maybe is he not getting some close calls? That's just some, you know, when you're a rookie, a lot of people like to think that when there's a close call on a strike two pitch, are you going to get that or is it going to go to the veteran pitcher? Who knows? I know a lot of people speculate that the rookies tend to get the brunt force of calls. And I, I tend to agree with that. I, I think that's the case. It's, it's just, it is what it is. You'll never fix that. But still, four base on balls is not great. And that's not, not something to be really particularly proud of. And then now to look at the Nationals and what he did with us in 44 games, to kind of hit on what we've already hit on with the Padres. Here, 
in 163 plate appearances, which is more than what he had in San Diego, he had one walk. That's not good enough. Like, I'll be honest. I'm on the C.J. Abrams train. I'm going to get into why the Nationals should extend him immediately. But that's not good enough. It's just, it's just not. You have to be more selective with your pitches. I'm not saying he's going to be chasing all these outside the zone pitches and he's not going to be taking his balls, but he's got to be more patient, you know? He has to be. Because what this tells me is that he's an, unpa- an impatient hitter at the plate right now. He's not waiting for his pitches. He's not going to wait for that 93-mile-per-hour fastball in the zone to where he could pull it the other way. He's not going to be sitting on that curveball to where you can make some damage with it and hopefully get it in some green grass in the outfield. And it's just something that to where once you age on and you've seen these major league pitchers and the growth that they've done over the years, it's something that's going to be one of his skills that he'll have to improve on, certainly. Um, But again, I'm not too concerned with it as of right now because we don't need him to run. We need him to walk, and then he can run. And that's really the whole point of this. With this team, you don't have to play your best day in and day out. Obviously, you're going to have to give your effort day in and day out. Not saying that, but... They're not going to be grilling you if you swing at a ball on a 2-2 count to where that would have given you a full count, and then who would have known what happened next? Who would have known? It's just, we don't need him to win this second. We need him to learn this second. That's what we need him to do. And Davey Martinez did a great job of that this year, giving him the ropes, and he was going to play. And that's what he did. He was like, hey, man, you're the shortstop. Go take it. This is your job. Learn on the job. Do what you do, man. Be comfortable out there. We don't need you to win right now. We need you to learn. He never came out and said that, but that's what they're thinking. That's the whole process behind this, that we don't need you to run, man. You're not in San Diego. We're not winning the World Series this year. We're not making the playoffs this year. We're not even making them run at it. Go out there, have fun, and learn. That's what you need to do, develop. Get better. Learn something new every day. Sit next to Nelson Cruz and pick his brain. Pick whoever's brain. Pick all the vets that we have. As we know, we have a little too many older guys on this team. Pick one of their brains. Learn from them. That's kind of what this year was about. But really, what I want to get into is once C.J. Abrams got his feet wet in the major leagues, he, I'm not going to say he was dominant, But he made his name known for it. People around the league were kind of turning their heads over, like looking at C.J. Abrams like, ooh, wow. This kid, he's got something. He's got a little swagger to his game, too. I like this kid. He's making web gem plays over at shortstop, robbing Phillies for base hits, Braves, name them. He was robbing them. He was doing a damn good job at it, too. And then guess what? On top of that, he starts to hit. In the last month of the season, once he gets settled into Washington, two weeks in the majors already, he was starting to hit, man. And it was legit. I have it right here in the final month, September, 
he batted a whopping, or actually September all the way through October 4th, he batted a whopping 303 with, again, a 309 on base percentage, and a 395 slugging percentage, good for a 704 on base plus slugging. Now, again, that's not nothing crazy, but for a 21 year old who was traded for Juan Soto midseason, starting at shortstop every day, getting his reps in, getting adjusted to the new climate in DC, it's not 70 and perfect like San Diego. When he got here in hog in August, it was 95 degrees with 80% humidity. It was ugly. It was disgusting out. But he made the most of his opportunities, and that's something to be proud of. Like I said, 300 is an awesome batting average, but I'm one of those guys, I look beyond that, and on-base plus slugging is my stat that I really want to hone in on. And a 704 OPS is not great. It's good for especially for where he started at and the growth that it took to get there. I thought that last month was encouraging as hell. And that was something that I wanted to see. And that's why to put a bow on this whole episode, I want to finish with this. Seeing that last month has now made me want to re-sign or not re-sign is made me want to extend CJ Abrams And we're ready for that at this moment. I'm going to tell you that why right now. Now, yesterday, the Braves locked up yet another one of their young studs with pitcher Spencer Strider signing through 2029. And oh my God, guys, here's the list of the guys that they have right now who are locked up for years to come for this team. And it's, it's sad. Austin Riley signed through 2023 or 2033. Oh my God. Michael Harris II, their young rookie, signed through 2032. Matt Olson, 2030. Spencer Strider, 2029. Ronald Acuna Jr., 2028. Von Grissom, who hasn't had an extension yet, still a rookie, signed through 2028. Ozzie Albee, signed through 2027. William Contreras, signed through 2027. And Kyle Wright, through 2026. This year, they've extended Michael Harris a second, who's a rookie, who's been lights out. I'm assuming you already know the kid. He's going to be a problem down the line, and I'm not looking forward to that. Uh, Austin Riley, one of their top picks, top one of their top prospects going back a few years ago, extended him on a team-friendly deal as well that goes through 2033. Matt Olson, when they traded for him to replace Freddie Freeman, gave him an extension. Ozzy Albies, Ronald Lacuna, you all know when they did that after their high-flying rookie seasons, they gave him that extension. And then I think the most intriguing player on this list is Vaughn Grissom because he's going to be the shortstop once Dansby Swanson leaves, and he's going to be even better than Dansby Swanson, and he was the 11th-round pick in the draft. And all this, why I want to say it, is that this is what smart organizations do. This is why the Braves have extended their championship window all the way through 23rd. And they still have guys coming up. They've proven it. Michael Harris, Vaughn Grissom. Those two guys who, in my opinion, are two of the brightest young spots in this game right now. 
all weren't first or second round picks. These were later in the draft guys that they developed on their own. They That was their own lottery ticket. They turned it in. They got their numbers back, and they won. They won on both those guys, and they got to extend them. And we need to get ahead of that ball now because in D.C., we know players, all they want to do is leave Washington, D.C., and I don't want that to happen with C.J. Abrams. C.J. Abrams, for those who know, is not a Scott Boris client. Like with Anthony Rendon, Steven Strasburg, Max Scherzer, Bryce Harper, all those guys are Scott Boris clients, and we all know what the end goal is for them, and that is to reach free agency. Not C.J. Abrams. C.J. Abrams was a Rock Nation sports guy. I don't really know too much history on that, but in baseball, in the circles around baseball, we all know that if you're a Scott Boris guy, you're not going to get the extension before free agency. You're going to go to free agency, and then you're going to kick the tires on the market, and then you're going to get the best deal out there possible, and that's just the way it goes. But if you're not a Boris client, then guess what? It's open season on you, man. And this, in my opinion, this is a lot of pressure on the front office because Nationals fans know that Abrams is not a Boris Klein and that the fat the door is open to extend him this offseason. And if they were not to kick the tires on it, I think everyone should be fired from their jobs. I'm not saying they're not going to, or I'm not saying they will, but at this point, you have to. And for CJ Abrams' sakes, who knows? I'm gonna kind of counterpoint here from what I'm the point I'm ultimately making, which is to re-sign or to extend. C.J. Abrams. Does he want to stay here at this point? I'm sure he liked it here from the few months he was here. Sure, it was fine. Nationals fans treated him well. D.C. is a nice place. Navy Yard's a nice area to walk around, take your girlfriend around, take your buddies, live there, whatever it is. It's a nice place. People like it. I like it. But... When you lose the most games in baseball, I'm sure it's going to make it a little tougher to sell someone on a team that lost as many games as the 2022 Nationals did. What would make him want to re-sign here? What tells C.J. Abrams that, like, you know, you just traded away Juan Soto, who's one of the greatest players, or who could be one of the greatest players to ever grace this game. You just traded him away. Are you serious about winning? Are you? I don't know. Maybe he asked himself that. Because it's a real question to be asked. Now, I'm not saying that money is everything when it comes to baseball. Because you still got to pick the talent. You still got to have them play for 162 games. They'll still be healthy for October and make a difference when that time comes. But we've traded away our players, our superstars. We've let them walk out the door. The time to not do that and to send a message to the fans is right now with C.J. Abrams. You have to get this extension done this offseason before if he breaks out next year and improves that OPS to a whopping 800-plus, maybe. He's going to be gone. There's going to be no negotiation to have, to be had. The time to extend them is now because this window is short for extensions. Because really, once, once you already prove that you can do it fully, then you're going to want to hit free agency and start a bidding war because that's just how natural it is 
to where, you know, when you're a free agent in 2027, you're going to want a bidding war with another team. Who knows if the Dodgers want you, the Yankees want you. Name that team. Name that team that's willing to spend money, and you know who you are. You know the talents that you bring to the table. It's going to be tough to be like, hey, I, I don't want to sign this extension in 2025. I've proven enough to where when I go to free agency, there's going to be a bidding war for me and people will have interest in me. So the time is now when you're really kind of an unproven guy at this point. He's close to being proven in my mind, but at where we sit here on October 11th, 2022, he's unproven. So you, this is the time now to make this extension offer to try and make C.J. Abrams a national for the rest of his career, or actually not for the rest of his career, at least through 2033. Something like that, lock him up, give the fan base something that they want, someone that they can call ours for the next decade, something we haven't really been able to do since Ryan Zimmerman. Obviously, that was only a year ago since he retired. But still, the time is now. And the learners need to show something to the fan base. They've been very unpopular since 2019 across D.C. And when people found out the news that they're looking to sell the team, people were thrilled. Well, give us one last gift, learner family, and extend C.J. Abrams and get this ball rolling and give us one last prize and one last lollipop for these good fans that have stayed loyal to you guys and want to see a winner ultimately. All right, guys, postseason baseball is here. Thank you for tuning in today to Locked On Nationals, which was your first listen today. Now make your second listen to Locked On MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on, on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one league, daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you guys for tuning in on today's C.J. Abrams 2022 season breakdown. The time is to extend C.J. was not today, it was yesterday. So let's make it happen, and let's get our future shortstop locked up for the foreseeable future and make Nationals fans happy. All right, everybody, you have a good day, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Go Nats.